What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had on the podcast 83KG Kingpin of the USAPL and IPF. In my opinion, the face of the USAPL, Russ Orhe, and obviously I had a great respect for Russ going into the interview, and now I even have a deeper respect for the dude because Russ gave me a really great interview where he spoke honestly, candidly, two things I appreciate on Two White Lights, and we dug into a lot of different topics and dug deep into a lot of different topics that I didn't think we would uh, get into. First, we discussed the label of being the face of the USAPL. Uh, we also discussed Sheffield getting canceled, his performance at Raw Nationals. We dug really deep into his ventures as an entrepreneur in powerlifting, opening new gyms, some of the negative backlash one receives when they try to make some money for their own in the sport and he got into a pretty sizable rant which was extremely entertaining and that inspired that poll that you saw on my instagram feed of uh, what would you rather work a nine-to-five job or get paid to lift really good discussion there we also discussed his ideal training environments we had a great game of fmk and word association he also gives uh, one piece of advice he'd give to young lifters so Again, awesome, awesome interview. And But before we get into our interview, of course, i got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, leflarbros.com is your place to get apparel and gym banners. I am decked out with Leflar Bros stuff, and I could not be happier. You know I love my baseball tees. You know I love my beanies. I got my gym banners that make my home gym look amazing, and I know your home gyms can look amazing with those gym banners as well. And they're sending me a fanny pack, too, and I'm more excited about that than anything in the world right now. Not much to look forward to during a pandemic, but a fanny pack is definitely something you can get excited about. And you can get all the stuff I just mentioned for a discounted price if you use promo code 2WL10. You will get 10% off of your order if you use that promo code. Again, that is 2WL10, ladies and gentlemen. Also, visitrivalus.net and fulfill your supplement needs, whether it be branching amino acids, protein powder, pre-workout, creatine, multivitamin, you name it, Rivalus has got it. Use promo code ANGELO15 and get 15% off of that as well. Also, since you made it through the ad reads and the introduction of the show, you might as well just subscribe on iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review. You can tell me things I need to work on in the review. I am totally cool with that. Apparently, we have to increase volume. Well, let me tell you something, people. If you don't subscribe to the show and give me some ratings, I can't increase the volume of the show because I need the proper equipment to do so. And in order to get that equipment, I need some cash. In order to get some cash, I need subscriptions to go up. That's how it works. That's how life works, people. So subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating. Also, leave us a review. And... Like us on Spotify as well. We are available on those two platforms. And without further ado, here it is Two White Lights. So I could take her away Off on the natural charge Bon voyage Yeah, from 
It is Tuesday, April 28th, and I got with a person who needs no introduction, really, for the USAPL audience that listens to Two White Lights. I have with me the best 83 kg lifter in the USAPL and IPF, and in my opinion, the golden boy, the face of USAPL, Russ Orhi. How are you, man? How's it going, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, no problem. And I just want to dive into this question first. I called you the face of USAPL. I've been calling you the face of USAPL for about two years now. Are you comfortable with that label? And do you agree with that label? Uh, comfortable with it. So the way I approach it is whenever, I mean, I've people have kind of said that here and there. Um, I don't really pay attention to it too much. I just kind of try to lift and let people say what they're going to say. You know, if you want to call me that, that's fine. So, I'm, yeah, I, I guess you can say I'm comfortable with it, but it's not going to affect me either way. Now, do I agree with it? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think, I think Ray is still heralded as, like, maybe kind of the face of the USAPL globally. Like, when you think of USAPL, you think about, in my opinion, Ray. He's been on ESPN. He's the strongest absolute – I mean, absolute strength, like, he's the strongest lifter. So, I think it's best for him to kind of hold that title, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand I have, like, I guess, like, most followers in the in the USAPL Federation. Uh, or maybe there's someone else has more, but I, I understand where people are coming from. I just disagree when it comes to that. Yeah, and I knew you were going to give a nice, humble response. But, and <laughs> the reason why I say it, and I was on the same boat, I always thought, when I think of USAPL, I always thought of Ray Williams. Um, uh-huh. And that was until... Raw Nets is when I actually got to see you two in action. And mm. one, our first interaction was me taking pictures of you constantly. Uh, we were in line at for way <laughs> for uh, check-ins. And, you know, I noticed you were behind me. I'm like, okay, cool. And then 30 seconds later, I had to take a picture with you uh, of you with a fan. And then that happened, I think, three or four times. And my girlfriend was looking at me like, and she was like, what's going on here? Uh, and I had to explain, I'm like, yeah, this is the best 83 kg lifter in the world. It was that moment where I was like, oh, that's, that's, a, that's an actual fan base. But then when I attended primetime and watched you compete, mm-hmm. I'm going to say the crowd and the hype was different for you and Ray. Mm-hmm. There was people from all walks of life just to see you compete. Mm-hmm. To see Ray compete, there was a shit ton of people, don't get me wrong, but it were all yeah. like, you know, power lifter, power lifters. I, okay, so to yeah, speaking on that point, I think more so for me, it's like it's not just powerlifting that people come to watch me. It's more so just you know, I have YouTube videos. Um, I inspire people in different ways. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the actual sport of powerlifting, I feel like Ray is a bigger draw. Like like powerlifters that really powerlift. You know what I mean? So like within the USAPL community, I feel like people are more curious to see what Ray will squat, what, uh, what total he'll put up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, houses weight and things of that nature. But when it's, when it's to me, there's a lot of different people from walks of life. You got like, like teachers coming down to see me, like, like, you know, high school students, um, things of that nature. But yeah, when I, when I say that, I think he's the face is more so just powerlifting itself. Yeah, that's fair. And I can agree with that. And very similar to what you just said, you know, I was, you uh, had a meet and greet at certain new levels, uh, the gym I train at and when they when Sergio told me it's like yeah we have Russ coming down I'm like oh that's cool I'm like you're gonna get a good crowd in here for sure I didn't anticipate it was gonna be that big of a crowd 
when I came into work out that day. It was it was a large crowd, and I was surprised because I'm an Illinois powerlifter. I go to all the Chicago meets, go to all the Illinois meets. I feel like I know all the, the Illinois powerlifters, especially in the USAPL. When I got there, I'm like, who the fuck are these people? Like, are these are these competitors? Are these? I'm like, do they compete? And then I look, I'm like, oh, they're just, you know, either teenagers, um, you know, people who are just into fitness, people who are just into bodybuilding, people. And I saw, you know, a lot of pictures going on of someone who's obviously looking for content for like their YouTube channels and stuff. So it was a complete different crowd. I'm like, oh, he's branching way out, and that's good for the sport, and that's why I believe that. If Ray's the current face, I think you're, it's still in my opinion, you are the, the face, but I think in a few years coming, it's just going to be, this is Russ Orhees Federation. Mm. <laughs> you said that, I didn't say that. <laughs> and yeah, I and, I, and I also, and I'll, I deliver hot takes on the show, and that's, I've, I've been preaching that for a while, but, and the reason why, again, a terrific competitor, multiple time national champion, world champion as well, and <sighs> hate to bring this up, because... I'm disappointed, and I know you're disappointed. Uh-huh. Describe what it felt like when you heard that Sheffield was called off. Uh, it's a little bit interesting for me because I actually, like, they proposed that meet at a time where I just wanted to have this part of the year completely free. Um, I had already knew that I was going to start the process of building my own gym, uh-huh. and I didn't want to, I, I knew that, prepping for something like getting ready for me would just be kind of secondary and I knew that my strength was going to suffer like whenever you're moving like actual like mats and equipment and things Mm -hmm. of that nature like your training your training sessions going forward are just like trash so I'm like all right I don't want to do I want to keep that open I wasn't planning on doing the Arnold I don't even think I wanted to go to the Arnold um and they kind of brought it up and initially I said no I'm not I'm not trying to do that meet like it, it 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 completely destroys the plans I had set um wasn't really interested in it but I kind of had to step back a little bit and think about what it would do for the sport of powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was only doing that meet because to me, it was a bigger picture thing. I didn't like, it's, it's so stupid and cliche to say, but it's like, I wasn't doing it for the money. Like the money was cool and it, and it was somewhat of a factor, but it wasn't the driving factor. for mm-hmm. myself. Um, it was just more so understanding that, okay, I am one of the bigger names in powerlifting. If I do this meet, it'll give us more credibility. It'll give us more, um, uh, exposure and it'll allow maybe going forward for this to continue to happen for other powerlifters uh, and allow them to kind of open up the bank for the powerlifters that would like to make money during this meet. So for me, it just wasn't wasn't the best thing. So when I got called off, um, I was just what I, I just wasn't that distraught about it. Honestly, like mm-hmm. I had already dropped out before they announced the final thing. You know, just because with the COVID nineteen the updates that were coming in on a daily basis, I had told them, I was like, I don't feel comfortable going there. Cause I feel like I might be stuck there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. A lot of power lifters were kind of figuring that would happen is that even if it continues to go on as planned, many power lifters would not just go because if you go into a foreign country, you might not leave and that will suck, especially with the plans that you have. Cause you're one trying to start a business that takes a lot of work, but yeah. yeah and I'm, you're the first person I interviewed so far that has been in the aftermath of Sheffield getting canceled. And I'm curious to hear what others have to say, like Taylor or Heather, that mm-hmm. we're going to go to the meet and if they have the same opinion on they didn't go there for the money. Because if you 
if say if I was invited and I mean wishful thinking if I was invited but if I was invited well I would say if they don't even bring out the you know the $250,000 of total grand prizes like it'll be really cool to be part of that super exclusive best in the world type of meet as a competitor that would be because that was obviously that's what I'm looking for as a spectator as a fan was to watch you go head to head with just eight or nine of the best male powerlifters in the world and same thing with the females like yeah. powerlifting meets good thing about nationals is prime time but this is like prime time on uh prime time on steroids which i probably can't say that because i'm a usapl lifter an ipf lifter but that's the only analogy i can think of right now yeah it's, it's funny because the whole like the whole prep joey was uh joey's my coach for those that don't know joey flex um he kept checking in with me asking about what's my you know, what's my motivation levels at? Like, how am I feeling about this meet? Where am I at mentally? And it, I would just keep telling him, hey, man, like, you already know, I don't really feel like doing this meet. But regardless whether I feel like doing it or not, I'm going to give it all of my prep. Um, it was weird because I was a little bit disconnected <laughs> from training. I didn't feel, I didn't feel that extra oomph, you know what I mean? Like, I was just kind of training and going through the motion. Yeah, you know what? And I, I think I made this point to just one of my friends where I – I don't know if it was because I was competing at nationals where I was more focused on my Instagram and my phone and just watching all the competitors train for it. But it did seem like I was seeing a lot of videos coming from you going into nationals and you seemed really hyped for that too. That's why I think the excitement was there. And then for this one, it was weird because I, I didn't see the same enthusiasm just based on your Instagram. I don't know if that accounts for anything, but I didn't see that same enthusiasm, but I didn't see it from a lot of different lifters, you know? Like, I know Taylor was battling some injuries, so I think that was the reason why I didn't see a whole lot of, you know, motivational type of stuff that he usually puts out there. And uh-huh. I was I was curious about that. Also, I think also the aspect of, or just the nature of which the competition is being held, like, it's more so Wilkes, right? Or not Wilkes, it's IPF points. Yeah. So, you don't have, like, a direct competitor, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, I'm competing directly with Brett Gibbs. Yeah, yours was a little bit of a unique situation because it was – because I have my own individual thing that I look at because was it you first Taylor or me more interested in you first Brett? And for me, it was you first Brett because, one, same weight class, I compete in 83. Of course, I'm going to be more focused on that. Two, I just love head-to-head competitions in powerlifting. And yeah. you would be second – to Mella Lawrence because I was definitely looking I always look forward to that head-to-head battle because they are so so close yeah yeah going into it it it's just it was a little bit different because it's like I could do my best like I could have the meat of my life man I could I could kill it Mm -hmm. um because I yeah I could go off and kill it right but if he does something he's not gonna lift as much as me but if he if he creates such a distance from him and his other competitors he's gonna win the meet so it's just like you know, there's only so much I can get motivated for, mm-hmm. but uh, definitely just wasn't feeling as engaged with this particular me. Because I usually don't, I don't hide things from my social media. Like how I'm feeling is kind of like how I'm giving it up on social media. Like I'm not gonna boost something up that I'm not truly feeling. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I I feel you on that one, and um, I do remember the amount of enthusiasm you bought into nationals, which definitely helped. I think the the viewership and just the overall fandom you saw at Nationals because you promoted it so well. But Sheffield did seem a little different. So, so what would the 
What would the plan have been? Just you going head to head against Brett, or was there going to be a different strategy for that meet? Um, it was more so like I'm pretty sure the way we were looking at it was it wasn't so much as getting like a head to head with Brett. It was more so uh, putting up a number that we felt comfortable that we could do in order to um, push Taylor, if not kind of claim that number one overall lifter crown. Mm-hmm. Um, we just knew that. Our, our, our confidence and our game plan is like we have to make sure that we push as much as we can on our end. And if we get as close as we can to our potential on a given day, like it's going to be very difficult to beat me. So um, that's kind of the game plan that we had going forward. I feel like I dropped the ball at Nationals. <laughs> um, I mean, I dropped, the, I dropped the big ball at Nationals. Um, I felt like I could have – I should have left that particular me as the number one um, lifter in the IPF. It wouldn't have been official, but – I would have had the highest uh, IPF points score. I would have counted as official. Yeah. If you would have got it that day, I'm counting as official. And I think any sensible USAPL lifter should count as official because, yeah, you're going to get me into a rant about nationals and IPF worlds and being like, (laughs) yeah, I think think the the cream of the crop is still at USAPL nationals. Um, If you dethrone Taylor in any any sort of way, you are the uh, IPF leader. But, um, well, let's talk about nationals then. For... You said he dropped the ball at Nationals, and if you listen to my recap on my first USAPL Raw Nationals experience as a competitor and as a fan, I said that moment where you were going through your squats was the coolest moment of the week, and it's going to sound pretty shitty of me saying that to you because you were struggling, and I was loving it because it wasn't seeing you, it was seeing the crowd reaction. The yeah. crowd reaction, I'm like, I got goosebumps. I'm like, oh, are people going to consider us a sport? <laughs> like, is this turning into an actual fan, spectator sport? Because that's what it felt like. It felt like I was, you know, either watching the Cubs. It felt like I was watching the Bears. It was that yeah. moment where I just looked around like, oh, he has fans. And they're disappointed <laughs> that he's not getting calls. So like, yeah. that is what sports are and that's what a spectator sport is and you know the, the big argument is powerlifting's not a spectator sport at that moment and that day it definitely was a spectator sport yeah i gotta ask were you surprised at the calls you were getting at uh, um no not really like i so as a competitor it, it's kind of like i don't i don't think i've ever really talked about this on camera maybe but maybe i have um I I know what depth is, 100%. I know what depth is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whenever there's a different mentality that I have at IPF Worlds versus the USAPL. IPF depth is a little bit different. Um, the expectation to hit depth is it's just it's just different. Um, yeah. A lot yeah. of people are like, oh, no, it's by the, like, we should go by the book at all times. That's not the truth. Um, it's kind of like basketball, right? You're going to get certain calls during the um, regular season that you're not going to get in, in the playoffs, right? Yeah. So whenever I compete in the IPF, I, I mean, uh, the USAPL, I have a certain way of squatting to where if I hit it right and get, like, get a fast enough rebound on the bottom of my squat, it's going to pass, right? Yeah. So I tested, I tested that out on the first attempt. I'm like, okay, if they're going to allow, if they're going to allow this to pass, then I'm going to fucking squat like 700 easy today. Um, it didn't happen. So I was like, okay, second attempt, I'm going to have to sink it. Uh and it was still high. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't, it's funny because the whole time, like, I wasn't, I wasn't really worried. I knew that the weight wasn't heavy. I just had to, like, bottom out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it was it was interesting to go through that moment. A lot of people would, I feel like a lot of competitors kind of freak out and kind of give up. Um, but I was very comfortable. I was happy with the fact that I was very comfortable. Um, I just understood like, okay, no problem. Like last one, we're definitely going to get it and uh, continue on for me. Yeah, and just looking at your squat attempts, it was the, the discussion around the f- crowd was like, that move really fast. Why doesn't he just get much lower? Like he can <laughs> easily bottom out a squat and get that yeah. up. But, yeah, it's interesting you talk about that strategy because that's something that I didn't really consider is, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to test out. I always say test out the strike zone. You use a basketball analogy, I, I use a baseball analogy. I always say it's very similar to an umpire. Sometimes mm-hmm. they give you the outside strike, sometimes they don't. If you can get yeah. away with just getting that depth that's not ass to grass, it's not IPF depth, as people like to call it, mm-hmm. yeah, then that's a strategy you're going into a meet, and 700 was a big goal for you. But, yeah, yeah when I – and I the first two – outside refereeing I definitely called them high the mm-hmm. third one was close but the way you squat you're not really going ass to grass anyway so I think most I think most really good squatters in the world don't go ass to grass so I think a lot of your squats are going to be close regardless but I remember mm-hmm. giving you the white light on that last one but knowing I'm like fuck that was close if they gave him a red light it might have been a riot yeah I was just like I felt like it's it's interesting when people say that because I felt like I bottomed out because what happened was that okay so um, Joey's like bringing belts up like in the in the midsection area so they can see that crease mm-hmm. and sometimes you know when you have a, it's like that blend between the hip crease the belt whatever um, I just brought it up and I felt like that last attempt I bottomed out mm-hmm. even the announcer came out to me he's like <laughs> he's like oh they gifted it to you I looked at him I was like oh was it Dino. Yeah, you know, probably had a little bit too much to drink. He probably he he probably had a little bit too much truth serum that day. Yeah, he just knows. He goes, uh, he's like, I thought you were still high, blah blah blah. But he ended up actually DMing me and apologizing, saying that no, like you're actually. I got watched the replay. You were good. I was like, I mean, I don't know the replay. I mean, he could have held that in. That's pretty funny though. I mean, yeah, he he drinks during the comp, man. So, oh, for, real? <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. There's a nice video of him drinking out of my flask during uh during uh, 98th <laughs> prime time. So it's liquid courage, it's called. So people are way more abrasive when they've been drinking. I love Dino though, but looking back on the competition, I'm happy that happened because that gives me something to focus on in training going forward. Um, sometimes, like whenever you have a couple of good meets back to back, kind of start feeling yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Maybe maybe in training there isn't really anything to push you too hard, so like you're just kind of like letting things slide by. Okay, I'm squatting high, whatever, whatever. Um, so for this meet, it kind of puts an emphasis on making sure that when we get inside of the gym on squat days, that we're creating a depth that would be passable on meet all the time. Yeah, and I have noticed your training recently has been a much lower or much better depth with your squat. But yeah, and I think uh, me and Candido had this conversation before where I felt like I wasn't getting depth. And he's like, dude, it's okay to be close. The best squatters in the world are close. Like, they're not burying their squats. If they were burying their squats, they wouldn't be the best squatters in the world. So then, as far as Sheffield is canceled, unfortunately, you're focusing right on your businesses, which is awesome. And we'll get to that a little later. But your next comp, what do you think that's going to be? Is it going to be nationals? Is there going to be a feeler meet? Is there, it's, we're in a strange time right now. Are. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm eyeballing a lot of nationals right now. That's the next, uh, that's the next goal. 
I actually don't like competing back to like I don't like doing meets that are close together. I like to be able to step on a platform and, and see a considerable uh, growth. Mm-hmm. So whenever like once again going back to Sheffield, whenever we had Ron Nashville, that was in October. Sheffield was set to be in uh, March, right? So to me, that's a pretty quick that's a pretty quick turnaround. Um, oh, I didn't like yeah, I didn't like that turnaround at all. Um, so this gives me, what is it? The fifth. So this gives me like five months to prepare, uh, build even more than five months. So, uh, yeah, I think Ron Nashville is going to be the next meet in October. I don't plan on doing a feeler meet. I don't really need to. Um, I think those are more so for confidence maybe like, I'm not sure. I don't know how, I don't know why people do those. Yeah. We, well, we were planning on doing a, like not a feeler meet for me, but just a meet in between. Cause for me, March to October is a big layoff. Um, so just a meet like in the summer just to train for something and see what, and see if we could just surpass my total to hopefully guarantee me a primetime spot. That'll, and that's another um, thing. It's like a lot of lifters like who underperformed at Arnold, even though I don't think I did, but a lot of lifters who did underperform at the Arnold, like, okay, let's put another meet in the summer so we could push that total up so we can get that top 10 spot. Um, it could be for confidence too. I could see that. For a lot of different lifters, I just always wondered. I'm like, if you're set, like if you're good, why, why, uh, why do another meet? Like you might as well just keep building her. Yeah, I think with uh, just certain certain lifters, you have to you have to train for something a lot of times. So certain lifters just, I and I I didn't think I was that way until I started doing it, like mock meets. Yeah, mock meets don't go too well for me. <laughs> Real meets go much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. trying to fit in, because I tried to fit in a mock meet, like, in two hours with an empty gym. And that was a horrible idea. I had, like, three spotters at the most that day. Terrible idea. Didn't uh-huh. didn't go well. Yeah. Hit lifts, <laughs> but it's like, I don't even, why am I even doing this? That's dangerous. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it, to me, it's kind of, it's like a little bit awkward, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Everyone has their own little thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking more, I mean, looking way past Raw Nationals, is there ever going to be a situation in your career where you would make a change from the USAPL and try out different feds? No. Hell no. No? So what's what's the reason behind it? Because the reason why I ask is we have a lot of people curious on what you can move or Mm -hmm. when you accomplish everything there is accomplished in the USAPL and IPF, and you're well on your way of doing that. Records... Mm -hmm big world um world championship wins what's left to accomplish and there's another world out there that can have you accomplish more so i don't think so honestly i I actually don't think so i think that usapl has created a structure that has been unparalleled like you do have other federations um but the uh the prestige in competing in those federations isn't as much as usapl that makes sense so I don't know. I, I just never had the interest of competing in the USPA. Like, I guess we all go through our phases where we're frustrated with the USAPL, mm-hmm. right, in terms of what they're doing. But in terms of just, like, actually going out and competing in the USA, uh, USPA or something like that, it's not really an interest of mine. Yeah, and I've we've um, had episodes on this before, like, when we covered the tribute meet and all those other big USPA meets of what would happen if certain USAPL lifters made that change. And mm-hmm. it always comes down to money. You know, are they going to stop doing USAPL meets to win money? And fair argument, but I always get into a sub-argument of, one, you're not guaranteed to win money, and two, 
you're acting like USPA is like this federation that just throws money at lifters. Yeah. Like yeah. every dude, every single meet is a money meet. Everyone gets some prizes. Like no, yeah. no, it's not guaranteed money, and that money isn't that much. Yeah. The money that you're getting isn't exactly. You, you know, if you win six thousand dollars, congratulations! You win six thousand dollars. You can do a lot with that money, but it's not gonna. Yeah. Might last you a fucking two or three months, six thousand dollars, if that. But I think it would be more where I think of it is like a boxer, you know, winning a weight class and then going up a weight class to for more money and just a different challenge. Um, that would be that would be cool for me to see. That I mean, that would be the only cool thing for me to see is you in a twenty four hour weigh in. Going against hack, I would do. I would do that if I went. If I didn't get. If I wouldn't get banned, <laughs> like, yeah. or, or you know, suspended. I would do that. But I, I mean, if I go to a different federation and compete, like I'm not gonna be able to compete in the USAPL for another year or so, um, or two years. I'm not sure what the bans are. But um, I feel like when it comes to when you get to a certain level of competing, you you have to start competing against yourself. Like everyone's like, oh, what if you accomplish everything? It's like there's always something more to accomplish. You can keep resume building. Um, and create, uh, I guess, quote-unquote, legacy in that federation. Um, to me, jumping around just kind of, like, waters down what you do a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good that you answered that question at this point because a lot of people – a lot of people who I talk to wonder that of why uh-huh. certain lifters don't go to USPA. And I thought I was going to be one of those lifters to jump right to USPA after I was done with my first raw nationals experience. Like, Oh, USPA local federation could have a good time in those meets with my friends. Then like, well, I, I just think that a USAPL national championship or competing in the USAPL has more prestige, like you said, as just competing in the USPA. Yeah, like I feel like being a number, like if you're the number five lifter in like the 74s, like it holds more to your name than it does being like a number five 74 lifter in the USPS or USPA. Yeah. USPS, big in like the postal space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good information there. Now, let's move on because we mentioned the beginning of the show of, you know, you're currently in the process of opening a gym. Now, was being this entrepreneur you know, always a goal for you getting into fitness and powerlifting, or is it something that grew? I would say definitely it was, uh, it was a goal of mine. I mean, I didn't have a day job, <laughs> so it was like something that I kind of grew. It, it's something I came into wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like I didn't have a, yeah, I didn't have a job uh, coming into this thing. So I just wanted to make sure that we were able to grow something and, create money or make money off of like the social media accounts that I've uh, started. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you've done a really good job with that. And I got to ask you, have you received this negative pushback from becoming an entrepreneur and using fitness and powerlifting as a, you know, venue? No, not really. Not that I've seen. Maybe people are talking shit behind the scenes, but I haven't seen anything. Um, If anything, I, I, I get people asking me like, how, how can they kind of, shift their content to do the same thing. Um, damn, I almost want to start ranting about this shit because... You are on uh, Two White Lights. This is a okay, yeah, fucking okay, ranting we talk, podcast. We talked, okay, we talked about this shit before we hopped on a little bit. And like I said, it, it made me start thinking a little bit, right? I get memed, right? I get memed all the time on some par palette or whatever. I, I do too. It's a badge of yeah. honor. Yeah, so, so they... So, they always talk about clout, clout this, clout mm-hmm. that, clout this. Like, I think every powerlifter that has 
a social media page, you're looking for some type of, I guess, quote unquote, clout or fame. Yes. If you didn't give a fuck, you wouldn't have one. Yes. Like, I hate the lifters that have social media accounts. If you have Instagram pages, you post on your shit, you talk about yourself lifting, and you say, oh, I don't post for the clout. I don't do this shit. I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? I've been thinking about that for a very long time. Yo, shut the You look so corny, man. Like, you look so fucking corny. You know why? Because I promise you, if you can make money off of the phone that you have, and quit your day job, you 100% would. Like, I, I just never understood why people aren't real with themselves, right? Like, let's say you, you're a powerlifter, you have maybe like 12, uh, 10K followers or something like that, and you're just always con- constantly talking about other people that have a bigger following. So, oh, like, I don't clout chase, I don't do this and that. I haven't sold my soul to anyone. I'm just me, and I post what I lift, and I literally create businesses off of that. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not sure what is there to hate about that, what is there to not want about that, like, Never understood it. Yeah, you, dude, you couldn't have hit the nail more on the head with that one. Uh, yeah. On my previous episode, actually, with J.P. Carroll, which is a, you know, he's a West Side barbell kind of guy. Um, we talked about that, too. And it's like the very nature of having an Instagram page is clout. <laughs> like, if you could, guess what? You could easily not have an Instagram. Trust me. Yeah. It's, yeah. It takes more effort to start an Instagram page and not have one at all. Like, that's just basic logic, man. And and if you have a separate powerlifting page, of course you want clout. Of course you want maybe a sponsorship that will help you through powerlifting. Yeah. Just, it, it does make things a little bit easier. I, I, I will tell you, there are definitely people there talking shit behind your back about, you know, uh, sp- sponsorships and all that kind of stuff. There definitely is. Um, if you're not, if you're not hearing it and they're not DMing you, uh, one, you're probably really good at like selectively choosing the DMs that you read because I mean, I have weird DMs just about shit that I'm like, I can't believe you, you don't like me for that reason. There's plenty of reasons not to like me, but that reason is just very strange. But if you get in those close circles of powerlifting, yes, they are talking that shit and it's not particularly about you. Uh-huh. It's about a wide variety of lifters, but mm-hmm. it's it's infuriating to a point because power lifters love complaining about not making money. They yeah. like complaining about ma- not making money more than they like making money. Yeah, which I don't. I, I just don't relate to that. I just I personally don't relate to that. I I don't know. Man. So so I mean, they they love complaining about it. So when you say try to get yourself some money, you try to get a piece of the pie, and there's a big pie out there that we can get. When you try doing that, they're like, "Oh, you're a fucking sellout." Like, no, what, 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 what would be better for me to to try to go to the current U.S. Open and put up a I don't know, eighteen hundred pound total at 80, 82 and a half kg and still lose and not yeah. make any money out of that, or make a thousand dollars, or start my businesses, or attach myself to other businesses and make some continual money so I can actually compete and have a little side hustle here and. Yeah. You know- you know what makes me so mad? I, 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 let's, I wish you could do a fucking poll, right? It's like, would you... Okay, so you have your day job, right? Mm-hmm. You're a power lifter, and you have a social media page. If you could choose to make money off your social media page so and so to where you don't need your day job, and all you do is lift, and you run your social media page, and you do business, right? And you work from your laptop, you work from home, you get to create your own hours, you get to call your own shots. I... Find me someone that chooses fucking nine to five. Like, come on, let's be fucking real. Like, it makes me so mad because I'm like, why? Like, where is this coming from? The only because 
I'm like, if you are doing social media powerlifting, I want you to create something for you. I've had friends like that do social media powerlifting. They've come to me and say, hey, how can I, you know, do this? Or like, how do I get a brand sponsor? Like, blah, blah, blah. I like, I want to help them because mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to be able to create your own hours and be able to focus strictly on training and capitalize on something that you love to do. Yeah. So I, I just never understood that concept of, oh, like I don't make any money and I'm going to keep complaining about it, but I'm not going to change shit. I'm yeah. like, fam, if you just open your eyes, you have your own little niche right here that you can capitalize on and, and, and uh, pay for yourself to do cool shit. Like, yeah, but you know what it is? It's because you have to work for it then. That's <laughs> that's the thing. You have to work for it. And they, yeah. they want to avoid all work because, yeah, that requires some work. Now, um, I've been very lucky of what I have in powerlifting. You know, the sponsorships have helped me powerlift, but I, I really had to work for it. Like, I didn't go asking for sponsorships, but I work really hard building the social media I have. Like, it wasn't just, like, this. Uh, there is a strategy to everything, and there's ways to, you know, get people onto your page and just provide entertainment or some sort of content for people. That That's something they don't want to do. They're like, why can't I just train and post videos and, you know, sponsorships and money will come in. It makes, me, it makes me physically mad because powerlifting is so behind on that shit. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like, if you're if you're working a 9 to 5, right, and yeah. you have a social media page that you can capitalize on, you're not doing it because you're saying, oh, like, I don't want to cloud chase. I don't want to sell out. To me, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and, just say that. And it could be know, just. Leave your social media then. Like, that's as simple yeah, as that. Yeah, and, and there could be just so many different, you know, avenues for that. You could take that whatever road you want because I, I do work a 9 to 5, and I love my 9 to 5. I went yeah. to school for it. I enjoy doing it. I do the powerlifting because one, I love it. I do the it's it's fun to do, and the fact that I got to, I get to do two passions in my life and get money for it. Yeah. That's that's all. I didn't think that'll ever happen. It, it's yeah. happening. It's and I one I wish I we could make more money off of both of those things. Of uh, there's more money to be made on both, but I still do it, and it's awesome, and. Yeah. When and uh, the reason why I bought up, you know, there are definitely people talking their shit mm. about that is because I made a um, similar to the poll that you said. Uh, which, by the way, you should have told me that before the fucking episode. That would have been great. That would have been great <laughs> content for us to talk about. But um, it was a. I just put it on my story. It's heartbreaking to see powerlifters you once look up to become sellouts. Uh-huh. And when I was referring to sellouts, it was not people who are business you know, entrepreneurs, it's mm-hmm. people who are just, and I'll tell you exactly who I meant. It was Mark Bell because he's just throwing up bullshit claims left and right. And it's like, Whoa, dude, I, you're, I, I mean, like I agree with you. <laughs> it's like, well, you're like, that's dangerous. That's something you're using. Your platform is just spewing out just dangerous shit sometimes. Yeah. But people were messaging me and like, yo, why don't you at Russ on this one? I'm like, <laughs> Dude, it wasn't because I'm like I'm not talking about Russ. I'm like, and I, and I'm not saying this because I'm looking at you on a Zoom meeting right now. I'm yeah, saying yeah. this because I truly believe it. I messaged him back like, no, he is the gold standard. He is the example. He's not just going to. He's not tagging all these different groups and these uh, clothing apparel sites and these yeah. supplement companies and his equipment companies for a begging for their sponsorship. He started his own sponsorship. He started his own business. 
That is what you want to do. That is what you need to do. And he's making money off that. He has used his huge following to create multiple businesses. That is the gold standard. That is not selling out of my mind. That is buying into the process. And I think also we need to ask people, what the fuck do they mean by selling out? Like, what does selling out mean to you? Oh, oh yeah. We, we actually did a yeah mini episode on that too. Like, as far as what is selling out? And I'm like, I don't think selling out is necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I think... The point where it gets like, and I and I bought Larry Wheels as an example. Like he's making really unfunny, cringeworthy videos with these Instagram influencers who I despise. Yeah, that to me is selling out. Now, granted, twelve-year-olds probably find it hilarious. Yeah, I'm not a twelve-year-old. Um, I think the videos are just humiliating in many ways. But the, I mean, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. That's cool. But that to me is like. It was awesome when you were just a powerlifter and put out content on your page, not making videos that don't make sense with weird personalities. You know, you know why I wouldn't call that selling out because from from his perspective, he's just trying to be the biggest thing he can possibly be. Mm -hmm. Whether you know through that's through that's uh, whether that's through strength sports or not, like he he's not trying to just be a powerlifter. So like I understand his perspective. I'm I'm not going to say that's selling out from his perspective, but selling out to me is something like you're compromising your core, um, I guess your core beliefs for the bottom dollar, right? Like let's say there's, yeah. there's a company that I just completely do not fuck with, but they're handing me a huge bag, right? Yeah. And I promote it on my page. And I know that I'm like, I don't, you know, I obviously don't take this shit. I wouldn't tell anyone to take this shit. I think that's selling out to, I think that's selling out personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and well, I, I kind of related to the same thing because I, I have no idea uh, what Larry is thinking, but I I know if someone came with me and offered like, okay, you have to do this video with these three people on Instagram. They have a million followers, and we're going to give you $250,000 for it. I'll be like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. Like, <laughs> I, It will seriously be a thing like I'm not doing it. I can't have that live forever. I don't care about the money at that point. I just – can't be on a video but if larry's cool with it and larry's cool with it that that works for him i just i think i'm relating it more myself like i can't ever stoop to that level of i'll i mean it's i'll just, do a really cool video with people yeah. who i like it's funny because it's like people are like oh he cloud chases he takes off his shirt for squats blah blah, blah. i'm like fam if i if y'all don't want to see my cloud chasing bag if you really <laughs> want to see me get in that bag trust me you'll see it like trust me big like oh my god there's so many things that I just kind of like I put off to the side and I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not doing that because I'm just like, that's not me. Like, mm -hmm. period. Um, so I just think it's interesting to see what people deem, oh, you're cloud chasing and um, you're selling out. It's just it's so stupid. Oh, yeah. And they, it's, 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 it's same across the board. It's just like when I, when I landed my first sponsorship, people were making fun of me. It's like, oh, you find, you sold out. Like, we knew it was going <laughs> to happen at a point. I'm like, guys, why do you think I made an Instagram page? <laughs> Like, like okay, just to get this shit. Like, and then and then when I even created the podcast, people are uh, like, "Oh, dude, so and I'm like, "Wait, you don't want to listen to podcasts?" I'm like, uh, I'm having yeah. lifters on to help you guys. You know, funny, you know, do you remember when Meg Squats got that? Like, um, she got, I guess, like a sponsorship from Target, Gatorade, Kellogg's. They're like, "Oh, she's selling out. She's selling out." I'm like, "Do y'all understand the doors that she's opening? Are y'all yeah. fucking stupid? Like, do y'all like?" For a powerlifter, for, for essentially mostly just a powerlifter, she does social media as well. For her to get a sponsorship from those big companies, y'all don't, y'all just not thinking about the merit 
from. Like, you don't understand that she's opening doors for possibilities going forward. Like, yes. I applaud her. I'm like, thank you for paving the way because maybe down in the future, maybe, it doesn't even have to be me. Maybe someone else that does exactly what I do and they become way more successful than me, they're going to be able to keep opening that door for powerlifters that are much smaller. Yes. So I just didn't understand. Because she got, she got crazy pushback. They're oh. like, oh, like, what the fuck? I couldn't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, y'all are just bugging. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, especially from, like, legitimate sponsors like that. Like, dude, if Target sponsors me, are you shitting me? If Target sponsors me? It's like, yeah, like I can't what's... think of, I mean, I have my brands who I would actually pay them to sponsor me. Like, I got, yeah. like, Target's up there, man. Like, I I don't, and, and, and again, powerlifters complain about there not being money, but then they also complain about it not being mainstream. One way for this thing to be mainstream, and I think people are living too much in 1990, is, you know, ESPN versus YouTube. ESPN, dude, I I'm, I mean, I'm watching Last Chance documentary, but I don't watch ESPN a whole lot anymore. No. It just, it's it's not what it was when I was a kid. It wasn't, it wasn't what it once was. But this phone I have has YouTube already installed onto it. Yeah. That's mainstream content. YouTube channels. That's how we're getting mainstream content now. And powerlifters, like, well, we're not even considered a real sport. We get pushed back. I'm like, you guys push back people who are trying to make it mainstream. <laughs> like you're, you're shunning them away from the sport. It's like, no, it's like we're there are people who are getting this sport. It's never going to be main mainstream. You know what I mean? But I would just like it to be in the fitness community, like more respected in the fitness kind of, community. Yeah, kind of like how uh, weightlifting is right now. Like weightlifting. Um, I'm not sure if they've experienced like a little dramatic, I mean, a little bit fall off, but like weightlifting, CrossFit, I know CrossFit for sure, and experiencing drop off. But the height of like those kind of things, like I feel like powerlifting does have a chance to somewhat get in that realm, and we just keep holding ourselves back. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. I think if you find and CrossFit has a massive audience, it it does. I I know powerlifters don't like admitting it, but it has a huge audience. It's put more barbells into people's hands than I think any of the the fitness categories i but i see with powerlifting there being a potential of it getting to that same level now is crossfit major league baseball hell no it's not it's it's not it's not one of those things but it doesn't need to be one of those things um yeah so i yeah that was that was a pretty good rant there i (laughs) i enjoyed myself yeah i just get pissed off when that and and I would be pissed off over you too, because uh, I mean, especially you, because we're we're different people, Russ. <laughs> your your social media presence is not exactly my social media presence, and I and I and I get questions for you, and I'm not you, which which makes no sense. <laughs> That's funny. But and and I brought it up initially. You're in a process of opening your own gym, which. I think is the coolest thing that a powerlifter can do is open a gym. So I got to ask you, what's your ideal training environment if you're going to open a gym? When it comes to the gym or just like me and just like singular? Let's, let's do both. So okay. singular, I love a lot of people in the gym. <laughs> I know a lot of people that's like, that's, that's um, the antithesis of what a lot of people like, but I personally love a packed gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to walk into a gym. There's a lot of people, but I'm able to kind of stay in my own zone. So the, the term that I like to say is like, I like to be surrounded by people, but alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to just kind of like people watch, give uh, draw energy from people that are lifting and uh, lift. Um, 
yeah, that's pretty much my ideal training environment. Um, I like high energy. I like people getting loud. I like people like talking their shit. Um, if I'm in a powerlifting group, um, if you've been, yeah, if you've lifted with me in a group setting, I tend to start talking shit. I tend to, I tend to start talking shit about my competitors. Uh, just people like, you know, quote unquote, they, mm-hmm. um, doubting me. Um, that's just kind of how I get myself going in a group setting, which is pretty fun. I, I like to lift like that because I came from a football background where that's pretty, uh, commonplace. So. Yeah, football ba- football practice isn't necessarily as motivating as a as a powerlifting setting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as far as like the rah rah rah, you can do this. It's mostly just a lot of people calling you a pussy. Yeah. Well, okay. So I was because <laughs> well, so at least was, that was my high school experience of playing football. It was like <laughs> all me, of us making for, fun of each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it was uh, since I was like I I I was the weight room leader. Mm-hmm. And so I was given the task of making sure that the quote unquote troops are ready to lift. Um, so it was my, it was my job to make sure everyone's hyped up. I used to think of chance and shit like that. It's kind of funny. Cause like we had like chance that I was like, um, between each set, we'll kind of come together. We'll come together in the middle, like get live, get loud, get loud. Uh, yeah. Get loud, break it down. And then we go to do another set. So, um, that's where I've just kind of grown as a lifter and, it's kind of my preference when I go into the gym to have a shit ton of people in there. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. I just uh, it kind of slipped my mind. That's you know because I I played football. It was it was high school football, man. But you know a big big sort of football school. But oh yeah, that's a different source of motivation we had. It was mostly just a bunch of big gorillas. Yeah, yeah. calling me a bitch and me forced <laughs> to lift weights and then and once i lift the weights it was me calling them a bitch and it was yeah. just a, it was constant insults from our coaches and teammates I, I love that shit you saw like my best friend josh like my uh he, he ended up playing uh, all the way up until the nfl level so we used to just talk shit i'm like i'm like what you gonna do when big Derek lines up against you and, like you know you just talk all this shit it's like um it's like i bet you i'm gonna lift more than you it's like no nah, fuck no you're like, you know back and forth that's, yeah that's where i come from so so then, if you're going to translate that environment into the gym that you're opening, um, uh-huh. is that is that your ideal kind of place? Because I think because gyms need their identity. Every gym yeah. has an identity. Every good gym has an identity. Exactly, exactly. I don't think that uh, it's going to stray too far from what I believe a gym should be. But at the same time, we are more of a powerlifting type of gym. So the numbers of people that will be here on any given time at any given time will be a lot lower. Um, I, it's funny because when you start buying the gym equipment and you start setting the gym up yourself, you don't want people, you know, those type of people in the gym where they pile up, they just like fucking slam weights, you know, push that foot, like push the kilos in, yeah. scratch it up and stuff. It's funny because like as an owner, I want respectful, <laughs> I want respectful <laughs> pile lifters and shit, but I know that's probably not going to be the case going forward. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking, man, because like, when I think about it, I know I'm going to be sitting in my office. I'm just going to be hearing the weights fucking slamming and, you know, everything. I'm just thinking about, like, the amount of money that I'm going to have to put down to, like, replace stuff. But I think I just want – I just want respectable lifters, man. There's mm-hmm. people that kind of respect their environment. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, could, we, could, we could handle maybe two or three gym douches here and there. But okay. uh, for the most part, uh, pretty respectable lifters. We don't – there's not going to be, like – Room for pile of, I mean, uh, for bodybuilders to come through, so it's it's gonna be strictly powerlifting. Oh, sweet! That's uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And yeah, man, I think I actually think that powerlifters are more respectful of their environment than say your commercial gym goer. 
It is it is a frustrating thing to see a pair of kilo plates though get, and it's just gonna happen regardless. It's gonna get shipped it's up. It's just gonna happen. But the first time that uh, the gym that I currently belong to, Serge, got our like new pair of kilos, they I never seen a new pair of kilos. They were beautiful. <laughs> they were so clear. They were so shiny. And then I was like, I don't want to lift on these things. Yeah, yeah, Can we yeah. save these for the comp? And then whenever someone would use the new kilos, like, man, why the fuck do you have to use new ones? Yeah, you, you just have, like, this internal thing. You're like, you're just sitting there, like, man, what the it's, fuck? It's like, like dude, like, you're, it's like you're squatting 315 today, man. Why do you have yeah, to use yeah. new kilos for that shit? Use the old ones. That's another thing that frustrates me as well, man. <laughs> Wait, what, what, what's that exactly? Using the new kilos for... The, the, the power of, like, the, the IPF elitist that... There's no reason as to why you should only squat and fucking a, a Lico and um it's just it just pisses me. Bro, you squat two twenty five, my G. Like there's no reason as to why you can't lift on the fucking pound plate. Like I, I will say this. Backing playing devil's advocate and backing IPF elitist, okay. the deadlift, it does help my it doesn't help my performance, but there's a different field deadlifting with pound plates. No, but you deadlift 750 pounds is much different. Like, I'm talking about the, the beginners, right? right? I agree with you. I, I I was definitely one of those people before. I'm like, no, hell no, I'm never switching to kilos. Like, y'all can keep all that, blah, blah, blah. And I sat back, and I'm like, why am I so bullish on this stance? Like, literally, this will make me a better lifter. Why am I being such an ass about it, right? right? So it's actually easier for me to deadlift on kilos. Um, yeah, well, that was – well, I guess you were right because when I first started – I obviously wasn't deadlifting the weight I had now, and it was actually I enjoyed kilos way more than pound plates. Uh-huh. Um, but then as I got heavier, it was just any sort of – and I almost actually figured out how to deadlift. That's the thing. I was probably deadlifting wrong. That's why I wasn't feeling anything, like like the little uh, separation I needed with that whip. Once I started with kilos, I'm like, oh, it feels a little heavier now, but I have to unless I get stapled uh, at the comp. But that's a valid question. It's a valid question, but I'm just talking about those people that are so bullish. Like, yeah. go walk into a gym and it's like, oh, it doesn't have a Lico? Fuck this place, bro. We can't lift here. I'm like, uh, you shut your ass up. Like, <laughs> man, I will. I will oh, say though, I turn. Once you get spoiled with good equipment, though, it is. Oh man, you yeah. do kind of turn into an elitist because. I mean, right yeah, now, I, I, right now, I'm back in my roots. Like I, as uh, you can see, I got the the thing I shouldn't be squatting in a cardboard fucking yeah. platform, a Texas power <laughs> bar as opposed to Ohio power bar, mixed yeah. match of kilos and real weights, and yeah, it it happens, man. It it sucks because I was one of those guys. Like I go in any gym, any commercial gym, and lift. But now, like if I see a devil, like uh, I gotta, <laughs> I've gotten to that point as well. Like. I mean, I I lift. I used to lift on anything. I used to lift at Metroflex. I don't know if you guys know the mm-hmm. uh, the setup of the Metroflex, but they have very worn down equipment. That's kind of like their their niche. Um, bars are shitty, and I wouldn't I wouldn't blink twice about using mis mis uh, just like misplaced or misfit weights, like whatever. Like I'll lift on whatever. Right now, when I go into the gym, I'm like, oh, do you have like a like a power bar here you know it's like oh you know oh that's cool i don't worry i don't worry i don't worry i don't worry i know things like that right yeah well the the big one for me was the difference between a texas power bar and ohio power bar 
the fact that I've become specific on that yeah, was yeah. like that situation. I'm like, oh no, like it happened. But it, make, it does make a big difference if you're squatting it, enough weight. Oh, it it does, and on deadlifts too, it it did. Yeah. And I, well, one of my fucking friends told me that they only use Texas Power Bars in USAPL, yeah. and he was totally wrong. So because I won, in yeah, Texas, in, in Texas, yeah, I like, but I never, I'm never gonna fucking compete yeah, in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so I won a Texas power bar at an APF meet. And I'm like, Oh, perfect. This will be a perfect transition from me going from APF to USAPL. Cause I know he's a stiff bar. And then yeah. someone told me, it's like, dude, Ohio power bars are way different. I'm like, yeah, yeah. what? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> I've been using a stiff bar this entire time. And it's wrong. And they were right. Like I, like on deadlifts, the whip helps me so much on the Texas power bar where the Ohio bar power bar, you know, doesn't give me that separation I need, but yeah, once once I started getting anal about that, I'm like, I'm I'm turning into one. But also, you have to realize they're cut. You have to have a certain strength to make it a difference. I'm just talking about the super duper. Like I like you. I come on. I know damn well that shit ain't gonna make no difference. Whether it's a Lico or it's a fucking just beat up pound plate, bro. Yeah, it's not gonna make a difference. Yeah, the the philosophy with me when anyone asks me like equipment, they I'm like, hey, learn how to lift first. Yeah, and then worry about equipment and you know what knee sleeves you could get what power bars you get I'm like if you learn how to lift yeah that's the key right now because yeah. like right now we're not exactly your knee sleeves don't matter if you know your squat looks the way that it does yeah, exactly. like, trust me you have a lot of uh people who look look up to you in powerlifting what is one piece of advice you would give a young lifter Keep lifting, <laughs> like, like it, it's it. So many people ask me, like, oh, what, what advice can you give me? Literally, just keep lifting, man. Um, young lifters, uh, they tend to get discouraged about their progress uh-huh. um, when they hit a certain plateau. Oh, I haven't gotten stronger in about a month. I'm like, bro, <laughs> bro, I go like months without getting stronger. Like any type of increment, uh, incremental gain is 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 a positive for me. So just keep lifting, honestly. Yeah. All right, nice. Yeah, I always tell people to be consistent. That kind of falls into the same thing. Is yeah. like it. Yeah, you're not going to be a great powerlifter if you take breaks off of lifting. Yeah, like that's exactly. that's not really going to work. But the goal the goal is to string along as many days as you possibly can of uh, lifting uh, yeah. without interruption, whether it be injury or just like pure lack of motivation. Um, be di- uh, be disciplined. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so. We have our two white light segments, two of our favorites, FMK and Word Association. Now, I'm not going to give you too many FMKs, but I got to give you this one first because I did it with Sean Noriega and I got to do it with you. FMK, <laughs> Fuck, Mary Kill, Joey Flex, Sean Noriega, and John Hack. And then once you give me your answer, I will tell you what Noriega and Hack said. Okay. <laughs> I'd kill Sean. Okay. Who I'd wouldn't, make, right? Yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, make and I'd, I'd, uh, I'd give a John. I'd give a John. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, Sean said he would kill you. That is mutual. Uh, why? Wait, well, you just killed him. Why, why, wait, why would you kill him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I have some redeeming qualities. I feel like Sean is... Wait, hold Sean on. is either... <laughs> Sean is easy to... Sean, Sean would tell you, Sean is very easy to hate. Like, oh yeah, we're, we're, it's funny because you, you mentioned all we're all in a group chat, right? But I feel like Sean, for most people, I love Sean. But Sean is very easy to hate from the outside looking in. 
right? Mm -hmm. So it makes oh sense. yeah, for sure. That's why me and him get along so well. We're both kind of dickish, yeah. and yeah, yeah. We, we get along really well because of that. Joey, Joey cares. Uh, I'm just explaining my my uh, my picks. Joey is like, uh, I feel like Joey cares more about my lifting than I do. So, like, if that makes sense, like that's just mm -hmm. I'm just giving you like a kind of insight of how much he cares, right? So I mean, yeah, yeah. And then and then John just a wild boy, so yeah. I think uh, yeah, I think it was the same one where he would marry Joey, uh, kill you. I mean, I think killing you would be, I mean, and it would it would benefit all of us really, all the idiots. <laughs> if we killed you, like the clout could go to somewhere else, and then we could have a new national champion. It's the obvious choice, killing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, that, that's that makes sense. Uh, I don't oh, fuck. Should I share hacks? Hack told me maybe in confidence what he would choose. Because uh, I saw him at Surge, so I oh, maybe I got to get him on the podcast rant, actually. Because uh, I told him, like, I played Fuck, Mary Kill with uh, Noriega when he was on. He's like, oh, really? And then he gave me his list, like, off the thing. I'm like, okay. After the interview, I'll tell you. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, that makes sense. Or, how about, uh, yeah, FMK. Actually, there's going to be more, because I think we can get some good ones. Okay. IPF points, Wilkes, total. I would, uh, I would kill... I would kill. Uh, I would kill. Uh, I would kill Wilkes, marry IPF points, and then, uh, yeah, fuck total. Yeah, I would marry total. You'd marry total. Oh yeah, because you know why? Wilkes IPF was his good lift points. Now they're not faithful. <laughs> yeah, they always leave. Uh -huh. <laughs> there's always some. There's always some, like total is always gonna be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that will never okay. leave you. That's true. Yeah, I, because I actually, because I, at this point, I have no, I, I still don't know what goes on with IPF points. It's just higher points. It's, it, to me, it's Wilkes, but higher. Uh, so it all seems to be the same I, thing. The, the way, the summarization that I kind of come to is just like, how far away from, how far away are you from the normal in your weight class? Like, I guess that's, how far away are you from the, yeah, normal and like the rest of the pack? That's pretty much what I've kind of chalked it down to. Um, so for people like Ray, there's not really that big of a testing pool to say, oh, this guy is so abnormal that he's this far ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I've taken away from it. The reason why, I, the, yeah, the reason why Taylor is no, is the number one lifter is because I think the 74 is like the biggest class. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's just more data to show that what he's doing is so far ahead of the other competitors that he needs to be the number one lifter. Yeah. I, I could see the rationale behind IPF points, and maybe in two or three years it'll make sense, but now they have good lift points. I didn't even mention that one because that's new, and I don't know what the hell that is, and I don't. I often, I often don't even listen to the science behind it because I just don't care. Because really, I mean, I had this discussion last episode with J.P. Carroll. Total, like I'm, I still understand why Wilkes and IPF points exist. We're trying to find the best overall lifter. But there should be a, a award given to the guy with the biggest total. Yeah, of course. And I, and then for me, it's like, dude, I don't care about IPF points right now. It's like my to only thing that matters is my total compared to the eighty threes. Yeah, I'm. I've always been the same way. I don't give a fuck about Wilkes. I don't give a fuck about IPF points. It's just like, am I <laughs> am I top three or not? Like, where where am I standing? Like, am I, you know, is my total the best or is it not? Like, that's all I care about. That other shit, like, it's gonna land where it lands. Yes. All right. I got another one for you that I just came up with. Headbands, Jordans, anime. Jeez, man. 
Fuck headbands, marry anime, and fuck Jordans. Okay. Yeah. Wait, hold on. We'll repeat that? So, so I said fuck? No, yeah. No, kill headbands. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, saying, no, I, I were you saying fuck, fuck in the sense like, of fuck it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there yeah you go. when you're playing FMK, that distinction is going to be very important. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so kill headbands, fuck Jordans, marry anime. Yeah. Huh. I think, well, because I would definitely kill anime. I ask this because I don't fucking watch it and don't care about it. Really? I know. I'm a USAPL lifter who doesn't watch anime. Fucking no sue me, way. man. What? Fucking sue me, man. Yeah. I, I wear the headbands and shit, but you know, I need headbands more than you do because I actually like have fucking hair that gets in my face. Yeah. So those are an actual thing that I need. I have a bone to pick with you, though, because head you made headbands a USAPL thing <laughs> where if I wear a headband now at a USAPL meet, they're like, oh, you're trying to be like Russ. I'm like, no, dude, I need headbands. I have yeah. long hair at every point in my life. Harry got yeah. into my face. Yeah, I, mean, I am I'm, not trying to be Russ right now. I'm like, I'm, I'm not I'm even buying junk. Kid. I'm buying yeah, fucking yeah. literal junk. I'm buying the ones at Walgreens that yeah, suck. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always worn headbands dating back to my years of playing football just because I used to sweat so profusely. Like, it'd get in my eyes, and the headbands would kind of be that buffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just kind of kept on continuing through, like, me working out, um, and then now doing this shit, so. Yeah. If you're going to sell me on anime, though, why shouldn't I kill it? I feel like, do you do you watch, like, anything, like, series in general? Like, not it doesn't have to be just anime. Like, let's say Star Wars, Harry Potter, like, shit like that. Game of Thrones. Hard no on Harry Potter and Star Wars. Hard no? Yes. I'm, yeah, no, I don't like it. So, are you just, like, you don't... So but you I, don't, all right, but here's what I do like, which I think is equivalent. Oh, Game of Thrones is... I think equivalent to like those things. The nerdiness that goes along with liking Game of Thrones is out there. Now, granted, it's way more violent and more sex is involved. That's not why I like it though. That's the that's the weird thing about it. But I do really enjoy professional wrestling and like and sports. <laughs> so that shit is like my weird thing. Wait, you talking about like WWE? Yeah. Okay. So like yeah, that's like, a, that, 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 that's like my shit. Like, cause I'm not gonna say like, oh fucking, I don't. I'm like, no, dude. It's all the same. It's all the same shit. My anime I, is WWE. I think what it is more so for anime is just the fact that it's like kind of like an interesting storyline. So mm-hmm. it's there's a lot of life lessons to learn from shit like that. Um, something to kind of tug at your heartstrings a little bit. I'm not sure if you're into shit like that, but anime it just it does it for me. Like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, my girlfriend tried to get me to watch Avatar, Last Airbender. Wasn't bad. I liked Avatar. Yeah. It was cool. Uh-huh. But I'm just like, I can't get seriously. Like, I watch Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Like, different. There's a different element to watching yeah. something with actual people because you could get... I mean, there's just a different element to it. I personally would prefer to watch animation if it's really good because the limit's endless. Whereas in something like Game of Thrones, there's only so much you can do with CGI. Uh, special effects, yeah, to where it makes to where it looks really believable, right? Yeah, so. and but that, that's I guess that's why I never really got it because I've never been like a fan of that. I mean, you said like action and stuff, like yeah. that kind of action. Yeah. I'm like, I would watch Game of Thrones if it didn't have any action because it was just such a fucking like. Do you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, I've I've, I've seen up to season I think eight. I okay, never actually finished it, but I know the ending. Okay, so I know when I was telling my girlfriend, like I know. 
I, I, I have an idea what's going to go on in Avatar. I do know this, though, in Avatar. There's not going to be a scene where they kill an entire family and a baby at once. <laughs> I'm like, See, I, it can't okay. exactly get to that point. <laughs> anime, anime is... Are you saying, like, there's never going to be a, a fucked up situation in the animation? Like, you know, yeah, how you said, like, there, it's going to, you know, tug on your heart a little bit? Yeah, no, nah, trust me. That, that, that scene took a shit in my heart. Like, uh, that's what that uh, happened. It was so hard. You need to yeah, widen your eyes because there's definitely some fucked up uh, shit in the anime for sure, 100%. Alright, I, I, I think I could... I'm not ruling it out completely at this point, uh, but there has been some attempts to get me on the anime bandwagon and it hasn't worked till now. But then... People always say, like, oh, you just don't know. Like, no, dude, I do that nerd. I'm like, any grown man who likes professional wrestling, like, you shouldn't <laughs> like that stuff. Like, I understand it, but I, I like it. And same thing when I get in debates about sports with my friends. Mm-hmm. The fact that I will go off on tangents and tangents and tangents about sports is, yeah. like, a whole level of nerdiness that, like, it, it's, it surpasses or, or equal or surpasses, like, liking anime, Harry Potter, and Star Wars. Yeah, you just got to find the right one that's going to make you get to that point. Yeah, absolutely. All right, word association. Squat. Depth. <laughs> Number one answer is always depth. Yeah. Bench. Not enough. Explain that one. Uh, I think I always compare myself to whatever the best person, like the, the person that's moving the most weight in that particular category. If I'm not, if I'm not near that, I don't think it's enough. Okay, like, I like that. Because yeah. usually... I, the number one answer for that that we got from Pyro is heavy. I don't. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, deadlift. You. Yeah. Ooh, I'm the face of deadlift. Yeah. I'll take. For, yeah. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. When I saw you pull that 750, I was, I was baffled. I was shook. You know? Okay. Let me let me give you an inside, very candid story. Right. All right. So Sean hits me. I guess you. I now that I know you and Sean have like a, I guess like a relationship to where you guys talk back and forth a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, he brings up your name. I didn't know. I didn't know who. You, I didn't know who you were before. Like I met you at Raw Nationals, but I didn't know like you was like pulling that shit. Right? <laughs> so um, he goes, "Oh, I think uh, I think he's gonna pull easy over seven thirty, like the, the record." I'm like, I'm like honestly, like I'm tired of these people. Like you have to prove it for me to say that you're gonna do it. Like he's one of those people that he has to do it in order for me to say he's capable, right? So I'm like, ah, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I don't think it's going to happen, whatever. To your credit, <laughs> to your credit, you pulled 750 and you ripped that shit. Like, you could have done, like, 760, 765, maybe 7, you know, on a really, really good day, 770 or something crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So I looked at it. I remember exactly where I was at. I was, at, I was getting Zoe's Kitchen. It's like this uh, Mediterranean restaurant, right? So I'm getting Zoe's Kitchen. I'm like, you know what, man? I got to give it up. He showed up. He did what he was supposed to do, and he, and he pulled uh, – he actually undershot what he what he potentially could have done. So I'm like, you know, I gotta give credit to where credit's due. So I think when I see things like that, it actually motivates me. That's why I hit you. Um, I think after you said, "Yo, thank you." I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like that kind of shit is motivating. So it kind of shows me what's capable and what I should be doing, and it pushes me like even further on doing. So yep. Oh yeah, thanks, man. I uh, I appreciate that. Uh, definitely high praise there, but I gotta get better at the other two. That'll be nice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Who doesn't come? though? Yeah, yeah. Fucking everyone. Everyone does. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, next one. USAPL. Solid. I oh, like that one. Damn. I, you know, no, no, that, that goes with, that, that coincides with what I was thinking with. I was thinking a structure, but solid. 
Yeah, um, I've been on, and there's going to be some episodes uh, in the future because it's been, um, we don't have a lot to talk about in this quarantine thing. So right now people are airing out their grievances with USAPL. I would, and I'm growing for that USAPL Natty elitist, but yeah, I would say solid, solid structure is a really good uh, word association for that one. Um, football. Uh, don't miss it. <laughs> don't miss it? No, you played collegially, correct? Uh, not really. So I walked on at Texas Tech, okay. and uh, I was about to get a scholarship, right? Like, I don't know if you keep up with football, but this was like when Patrick Mahomes was there. Dude, I fucking love football. Yeah. yeah I love all sports, man. Yeah. It was his first year there, and uh, Cliff called me to his office. He's like, hey, like, we're thinking about offering you, and like, there's, I think this was other wide receiver scholarship. And I was like, oh, oh that's, that's cool. He's like, yeah, just keep practicing hard, and we'll see you like, uh, towards the end of spring. And literally, like, two days after that shit, I'm like, fam, I fucking hate this shit. <laughs> like, it was funny because uh, it, was, uh, it was it was one day I got blown up on kick return, right? Because I, I never do special teams, right? So I'm on special teams, and I'm running, like, for a kickoff return to go block. And then all of a sudden, like, I just feel like I, could, I got hit by, like, a fucking truck. And I think my helmet came off, like, halfway. I was like, man, what the fuck? What the fuck? And all I just hear is this guy's like, Woo! Let's go, baby! <laughs> that shit's gonna look good all day, baby! I'm oh, like, man. what the fuck? Did get blown up? So, <laughs> I put my helmet back on, and I'm like, shit, man. Like, this shit is hard. Right? And then, um, the next day, I had a great day. Like, I, I ran someone over. Like, I was, I was killing it at practice. Um, and then I just went back home. I said, man, this shit's not for me. Like, I... Practice is keeping me from actually lifting weights. That's what I told myself. Oh, wow. I, I remember I called my mom. I was like, yo, mom, like, I appreciate you supporting me on this football journey shit, but I'm done with this. Mm. And I, I literally texted um, the walk-on coordinator. I was like, yo, I want to I wanna stop. And he's like, are you sure? He's like, we're actually looking at you for a scholarship. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm going to keep it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, football is a – Football's an interesting sport where I loved it. I liked playing it, but then it's like the the prospect of playing college football just was not an interest of mine, which is crazy. It's like, did you like playing football with your friends or did you like playing football in general? Because that shit's just... Yeah, because the time frame in which I did my shit was a little bit different. So our I was the first graduating class of our high school. So mm-hmm. our first year of varsity was my senior year because that was the only time we were eligible to have it. Um, so from there we moved on, I moved on to uh, Texas Tech, had to become a walk-on, but that first year I wanted to prepare my body to walk on. So like whenever I did, I'd be like, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, so in that process of like hunting football, I fell in love with working out. I fell yeah. in love with the process, not the end result. So whenever I got to the end result, it was very unfulfilling. And I found myself just like being at practice. I'm like, I don't even, I'd rather work out. Like I want to go back to the gym. Like I miss training. Yeah. Right. So that's when I noticed, I'm like, oh shit, like I'm a I'm a process guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really a guy. Yeah, I should have thought about because my football coaches, so they never told me that I had a future in football, but they told me I had a future in weightlifting. Because <laughs> they, I mean, I, it was pretty obvious I didn't have a future in football uh, from from the jump. <laughs> but like, I just like doing it and like playing. But in, when as soon as I got in the weight room, they're like, you, like, uh, yeah, my strength and conditioning coach is like, man, I think you could be a powerlifter one day. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, maybe. And I really wasn't interested in it. And then I'm like, I, and I saw, and I actually recently uh, did see him, uh, where I was like, hey, I'm a powerlifter now. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of, kind of serious about it too. <laughs> but that's, that's a good one. Uh, 
Basketball. Uh, tall. Tall? Yeah, I feel you on I that I love one. basketball now. Like, basketball is definitely, like, my favorite, uh, I think favorite sports to watch now. If you could use your powerlifting attributes, what NBA basketball player would you closely resemble? Ooh, that's a good one. If you were, yeah, if you were a basketball player, like, Russ he is the who of the USAPL. Damn, that's a good one. Ah, oh, man, that's a good one. Yeah, no, I can't even think of mine now. Shit. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I want to say, I want to say Russell Westbrook because Russell Westbrook is my favorite player. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if our styles match as much. He's very intense. <sighs> yeah, he's, yeah he is. Yeah, I wouldn't, I don't think I'm that intense. I'm pretty stoic when I'm on the platform. Yeah. Uh, cool. I'm trying to think of someone for you and myself now. Man, he was like a... Uh... Oh, I know who mine is. Kyle Korver. Definitely Kyle Korver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Really, really, really good at one thing. He's cold, though. He's good. I mean, yeah, I know. Really great player. Yeah. Really good at one thing. Uh-huh. And that's what he's probably forever going to be known for, is that one thing. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a solid answer. Uh, yeah, it's not Russell Westbrook. I would say... Shit, man. Yeah, I'm not sure, man. I don't know. Yeah, that's, I really don't know. I, that's that's a good question. I've never really thought of anything like that before. Yeah, I yeah, I just thought about it now. Or how about this? Because we're gonna have an episode. We're gonna have a really fun episode on this. If you can give yourself a Madden overall rating, <laughs> what would it be? I would say, um, and and we could break it down. So squat, bench, and deadlift. Okay, squat has to be, well, depends. Are we hitting depth? <laughs> I'd say squat. I mean, terms, even even the ones where you have, yeah. it's even the ones where you, like, fucking bury your squats. Yeah, let's let's just give it, like, 90, 99. 99? Okay. Yeah, bench 90. I, my bench is, what, second in second or third in the USAPL? I'm not First, sure. last, fourth? I would say, I'd say you're definitely top... I would I would probably say your top three just assuming. Because hmm. Sean Sean's got number one, correct? Yeah. Who um, would be higher? Uh, okay, so I think it's I think I'm second then. Yeah. Um okay, so that's like ninety five, maybe. Yeah. I guess. Um deadlift. I mean now you're here. <laughs> so so I'd say ninety five too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh that probably like a ninety probably like a ninety seven, ninety eight overall. That's, That's fair, cool. you know, because we 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 made this post. You know, me and my friend Aubrey, uh, he's gonna be on the show. We're gonna we're gonna kind of like do this, like bring three lifters on a week, giving their Madden overall, and see how they agree with it. Uh, just like a lot of different ideas, but we posted this on our story. Like, what is your, you know, what would your overall be in powerlifting? And we did squat, bench, deadlift, and then like meat execution, all that kind of shit. Yeah, I was gonna so, say that too. Yeah, like meat execution, and then uh, well, like now in like two K and Madden, they have way too many like categories in that shit. So like acceleration and juke built like fuck. All right, that's yeah. why I like two thousand Madden two thousand five. Uh, Very simple, simple game, but we had all these power lifters like put themselves at like ninety three on certain like lifts. Like, <laughs> dude, what the fuck? Like, like these are the more the better you were at powerlifting, the more honest you were about your overalls. Yeah, yeah, 
You know what I mean? It was like the people who were actually really good at the sport were like not giving themselves very high scores. Because I gave my bench a 68. And I uh. think that's fair considering <laughs> I might be like the 46th best bencher in the USAPL. <laughs> More accurate their ratings were. Because we had like really, really good competitors be humble and be like, you know, I think I'm an 89, 90. And then guys who I've never heard of before were giving themselves like 97s. <laughs> like, all right, shit. We, uh, I'm like, it's either one, none of you have ever played sports in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Or two, you have never played Madden in your lifetime. And those are both really two sad things if you didn't do either of those. Yeah. So, you know what? Uh, we've been talking for over an hour, man. It's yeah, been yeah. it's been fun. Glad you came yeah. on. Yeah, no, I appreciate you for having me on, man. Yeah, hopefully uh, we can get you on again sometime. And um, maybe at that point you will figure out which NBA player you closely resemble. <laughs> yeah for sure anytime you want to invite me on i'm down i love doing podcasts i think it's cool to have one um yeah. so yeah man anytime you want to extend the uh olive branch i'm down to oh for on. sure uh there's there's plenty of topics i think you'll be good to uh reach out to and discuss like a lot a lot of good topics out there Are you ever think about doing your own podcast or yeah um yeah i have just I don't, I just don't know how I would format it or anything like that. It was just going to be something that I would just put, I guess, just out every now and then when I felt like it, but I just haven't really gotten around to it. Well, I'm sure as, as is the result of everything, people will definitely tune in. People will definitely listen. Um, yeah. And you were, this has been a long time coming. We always had like those fan requested interviews. You were obviously on top of the list for a while. So I'm sure the two white lights, uh, you, you, Garrett Fear, and Noriega were like the top, top ones that we had uh, as far as like fan request interviews go. So, two white lights listeners are definitely be happy about this. Yeah, I mean, once again, man, like I don't. I, when I say feel free to bring me on anytime, I really mean that because <laughs> I like doing. I like speaking on long form uh, platforms. So I. Yeah. Um, and now with me knowing about Zoom. I could get multiple <laughs> people on. Thanks, thanks, pandemic. If there's one thing that this <laughs> pandemic did. It's get me on Zoom. That's the new skill you developed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Two White Lights. Thank you again for Russ for coming on, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Charge bomb for yards. Yeah, from the home of the Dodgers Brooklyn squad.